The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello, good morning, welcome back as we continue in our study through the book of Ephesians. I'm glad you're with us and joining us as we are coming to the conclusion of the spiritual armor that we are to take on. Actually, what we're going to talk about today is, um, is it's the piece of armor. I think there's one more major part we'll talk about next time. But the big thing we look at here is the sword of the spirit. And so it's one of the pieces of the armor, frankly, the only piece of the entire armor we get that is considered offensive. It's something that we use to attack. And of course, he says in verse 17, take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So what we're going to look at is the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God. Many, more than one occasion in Scripture, the Bible is described as a sword, a two-edged sword, a sword that pierces into dividing asunder soul and spirit. Why? Well, because it was at that time the greatest weapon. Somebody who really knew how to use the sword in those days could be very effective. And let's, we're going to look a little more into that. So let's break down a couple things. First of all, um, I want us to look at the idea that the, the battle we're facing, this entire battle that we're involved in, is not something that is from a distance. We can't just, you know, and today, a lot of things we do is we send a drone over and somebody, usually in Las Vegas, is flying this drone. And, and, and it's great. Technology is wonderful. There's a lot of benefits to it. But the, that this is not the warfare we're in today. We are in a very different warfare, and that is a face-to-face battle. Satan gets in our face. He's in our life. He's constantly striving to find something he can to trip us up. And so in that, we have to recognize that it's real. It's in our, if it's in our face, that means it's in our lives, in our marriage, in our home, in our family. It's there, and we need to be engaged in it. You can't watch from a distance and hope it disappears. It's something we're engaged in. So how do we do that? We must remember the battle is often waged inside of me in one of three years, in my mind, in my emotion, and in my will. We talked about thinking yesterday. We, the emotion we talked about when it came to faith. My will. What will I do with what I have? And, and this is where it comes from. This is the established point. Um, this is where spiritual over. And, and by the way, because that's where it's fought, we can't fight in those things. If we think we're going to do it with our own answers and use the anger or frustration, we're going to fail. And I don't mean that to be critical, I mean to be factual. This is spiritual warfare. The Bible says, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. It didn't say that I was greater than he that lives in the world. I would say the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me is greater than he lives in the world. He is the one. He says, there'll be, in the world there'll be tribulation, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. It is God, it is Jesus who wins the battle, not you. So if you're not coming at this from a spiritual approach, you are going to be consumed and overwhelmed with the battles that are there. You're going to feel overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, all these things because you can't do it. You weren't created to do it. That was never God's plan. God's plan is to give you the Holy Spirit, and he says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And in that power, he says in Timothy, in the end days, you know, some will have the form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. There is power. So how do we gain that? Where does it come from? So let's look at the weapon of the battle. Weapon, this in this, recognize, again, this is the only weapon that is offensive. All the others are there to keep us safe and keep us steady, but this is the one thing that we usually go for. So here's a question. Have you ever wondered why you don't receive more power from God's Word, why you feel like I'm I'm just kind of reading it and I know a little bit about it, but I just don't feel like I'm truly enjoying 
power. Well, I'm going to go in down a few more things to look at, but I think we need to start with understanding. In James, he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The idea that knowledge of the word of God or owning a word of God is going to change something, it will not. Power comes when I learn to live in obedience to the word of God. And I'm telling you, uh, I'm 45, I've been in ministry 22 years now, I can tell you, from my experience, people who battle a lot of the battle struggles with depressions, anxiety, fear, loss of true power in their life. It's not because they're involved in massive sin. It's not because they're in great disobedience to God. It's simply because they're not living in obedience to the Bible. Now, what I call that sin, yeah, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. But I want to go a little further than that. So let me explain a couple things. The word, the God's word, and I won't go into all the Greek in it, but it has three different words used to describe it. The first one talks about the written word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, instruction, righteousness. It's the written word. It is God-breathed, but it's this physical written word that God has given us. Uh, It's an actual book, the things that we put. But please understand, the book itself contains great power, but in itself, if it... just the book is not going to solve your problem. So for instance, you say, well, the Bible is going to solve my problem. So I'm going to go buy a Bible and I'm going to stick it on, you know, every desk in the house. And then I will have power in my home. Well, then the Marriott would be great. Many of the hotels would be great, right? Why? Because they have Bibles everywhere. That's not the answer. Just having a physical Bible there, it's kind of like it's literally having the sword or the weapon you need for battle there, but never actually learning how to use it never taking it with you, running to battle, leaving the actual source of your power behind. Then, too, he says, um, the second word refers to the message of the book. John 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. It is the message of the book. Please catch this. When you read your Bible, you attend a study or hear a sermon that explains the meaning of the text reference. Now you're interacting with this fact. You're learning about the truth the message of the Bible. In Hebrews, where it says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, that that message is powerful. That message is life-changing. But there's one more part to it, which I think is intriguing to me. The message is also um, its utterance. Now, here's the third part. The third part is when the Bible comes alive to me. You ever read a section of Scripture? I know I've done this. Uh, maybe you've read through a book of the Bible. I know a lot of us love to read the Psalms or Philippians or James, very, very popular passages. And you just read something, maybe you've read it four or five times or maybe a hundred times in your lifetime or you've heard it preached on and it's knowledge. You walk away, yeah, I learned, maybe I learned something about it. But every once in a while, you'll read a section of scripture you read before and it comes alive. It's like God took this massive highlighter and highlighted the entire section of that and said, this is for you. And the simple answer is your circumstance of life met that truth. You've always had it, but now it's come alive because you need it more. It's not just a truth now. Now it's something that really helps you. That's this other aspect of it. And this is where the message comes alive. This is where the message begins to change me. Now, remember when we talked about, in the passage I read a little bit, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than each two-edged sword. The second half of that verse says, is piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God digs down deep into the mind, emotion, and will. And it helps you to separate what is my fear, what 
should be to God's obedience. What is my emotion driving me and what is needs to be dealt with it? Should I fix this? Is it sin? Is it fear? It's emotion. It allows me to be able to get beyond my own personal fear, frustration, the lies of the world, and focus on truth. And I can move forward. Okay, and by faith, I can follow this. This is truth, not my fear. That's what the Word of God does. It digs down deep and allows me to be able to discern what's really going on. See, that's the message. That's the point. The Word of God is more than just something I read or more than something I know. It must be something I understand and apply. So I must do it. You know, I, I must actually do what God, he wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way, said David in Psalm, by taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Joshua 1.8 says, now, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you observe, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's observance and obedience to the Bible that brings success in your home, in your marriage, in your life, in your, in, in your, in your spiritual journey, in your church. It's obedience to the Bible that brings that. And, and, and it's not your opinion of the Bible. It is the Bible. And it's what they say, well, okay, God didn't tell me this. Well, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to give you a new revelation or tell you this is what you need to do. He's giving you the Bible. you got to follow it. You want power from God's Word? Live in obedience. Find the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Do the Word of God. It honestly is that simple. I am so convinced today that we place our opinion of religion or what we thought we were taught or what we were taught that wasn't even biblical. Our view of Christianity has been placed way above the truth of the Word of God. We haven't even gone to the Word of God and studied out our problems yet because we, we have all of the religious answers of what we think we know. Well, here's my question. I usually say, how is that working for us? We need the Bible because it has the answers. Literally, the answers to our battles are in front of us. We need to go to them. It is powerful. It is what we need. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, which is the thing that gives us the grace to be able to move forward. It gives us victory over Satan, victory over our temptation. It gives us victory over our fear and our frustrations. This is the answer that we need to be able to move forward. May we hold on to it. May we grasp it. And may we embrace it with every part of our being and be willing to live in obedience to it. I truly believe that's where you'll enjoy and see great power. Well, thanks again for joining us today as we continue to evaluate the book of Ephesians. Hope it's an encouragement. I hope this one truly is a challenge, but one of the greatest challenges we'll get. This is more than a religious tradition. This is God's power promised to us. May we embrace it. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.